0: Hello and welcome back to Witch Fix. Today I'm going to be talking about a book that I read first when I was a teenager and have recently bought another copy of because I have no idea where the first copy has gone. I feel like it went in a box somewhere and that box may have become lost or is in the loft which is functionally a space that I just never go to and so it might as well be in Mars in mars you heard me correctly this is a book by teresa tomlinson it's called the forest wife trilogy it was originally released as three separate books i believe but my original copy that i bought when i was a teenager was in one copy and so i've repurchased it as one just because it made financial sense but originally i think it was published as the green lady child of the may and the path of the she-wolf and you can buy those books separately or i think mass market paperback as the forest wife trilogy which is just cheaper the forest wife trilogy is sort of a female focused retelling of the robin hood myth um in that a lot of it takes place in and around sherwood forest and features characters who you might know from any adaptation of Robin Hood that you've seen, um, namely um, Will Scarlet is featured in like one scene, but also John of Havisage, uh, Little John, um, Friar Tuck, who is Father James in this, but who is a rotund friar with a big stick who goes around beating people up and various other characters who come in and out specifically maid marion who is the focal character in the first book of the trilogy the green lady and who features very prominently in child of the may and the path of the she-wolf it's been so long since I read this for the first time that I honestly don't remember why I picked it up because I bought this with my own money from a bookshop, which is quite unusual. I didn't used to buy a lot of books, you know, new when I was a teenager because I didn't have a lot of money. Although having said that, this is like a nearly 500 page book and it only cost 5 So clearly this was like the halcyon days of yore where these kind of books didn't cost you like nine fucking quid. So that was pretty exciting but I picked it up and I remember enjoying it intensely and that there were some witchy elements in it so I repurchased it to review for the podcast and I'm just going to tell you a little bit about the basic storyline without giving too much away. I am going to however give trigger warnings because like quite a lot of the books that I review that are set in like historical periods mentions are made to sexual assault and child abuse, child neglect, things like that um, which were sadly quite commonplace in Less enlightened time periods and are still quite commonplace now. Uh, so, if although none of it is very graphic, if that is going to trigger you, if it's mentioned, uh, bear that in mind, maybe give this one a miss. So, the first book in the series, The Green Lady, um, starts with Mary De Holt, um, a young girl, she's 15. She's being raised by her uncle because her mother is dead uh, in childbirth and he has decided to marry her off to a wealthy guy who is quite a lot older than her. Mary decides she's having none of this and so without taking time to prepare literally anything except taking a loaf of bread from the kitchen she leaves the house and runs into the woods intent to never see her family again and just go her own way. Fortunately because she is Ill equipped to survive in the wild, let's just say that. Uh, Her wet nurse turned lady's maid Agnes, who's raised her from when she was a baby, catches up with her and tells her that she was actually planning an escape for the two of them and she's actually brought along quite a lot of provisions. Mary doesn't really know where they're going to go, what they're going to do, but Agnes leads them straight to a mysterious little cottage in a clearing hidden deep in the wilds of the forest, which is where the forest wife lives and Mary is quite afraid at first because the forest wife is, according to local legend, a fearsome witch uh, best avoided and sought out only by the very desperate, but a core idea that is at the heart of the book is that the forest wife is just a woman who lives in this particular hut and who helps anyone who comes to her door whether it be with uh, herbal healing and sort of rudimentary first aid uh, to other things like feeding the hungry uh, in times of famine and even to dealing out punishment or protecting those who cannot protect themselves. In the first book Agnes takes over as the forest wife because they discover that The previous forest wife has passed away and the cottage needs a new tenant and Mary de Holt becomes Marion and assists Agnes uh, in her role as the Green Lady, uh, going about the woods with her bow and arrow and sorting right from wrong. And in the course of this, she meets Agnes's son, who is called Robin, and you can kind of probably see where that's going. The whole of book one is focused on Marion and her story and her and Robin's relationship. Book two introduces a new character called Magda as the sort of central protagonist. Magda is the daughter of little John and uh, Emma, who is a character introduced in the first book. And Magda is also the protagonist of the final book in the series, Path of the She-Wolf. Although obviously Marion does still feature very heavily in Path of the She-Wolf a lot, but maybe not so much in Child of the May, which is like Magda's book in the middle. Looking at where I've put my markers in the trilogy version, I have to say that The Green Lady is actually quite a long book in terms of like the amount of pagation that it takes up. That's about 200 pages long. Child of the May is shorter and then Path of the She-Wolf I think is shorter again or about the same length as as Child of the May. The first book correspondingly is the one that I enjoy the most I think because it focuses much more on life at the little cottage, the forest wife in her clearing, doing herbal healing and doing all that stuff which I find really interesting and really evocative because I've always kind of wanted to live in a little hut in the middle of the woods. It's maybe a witch thing, maybe it's a I don't like people that much thing but it really speaks to me and I like Marion much more as a protagonist than Magda because I feel like Marion although she starts off as being quite spoiled and having known quite a a good upbringing she does wake up much more quickly to the realities of the world whereas I feel like Magda even though she was effectively raised in the forest wife's hut doesn't really understand a lot about the world outside of the few people that she knows who are kind and good and she doesn't really understand that the world is full of bad and horrible things the witchy elements in this story are not just limited to the herbal healing practiced by the forest wife and her reputation for being a witch there are a couple of occasions where you could say the characters are using magic uh, magda for example performs a sort of ritual in a bower on beltane because she wants a child she's trying to get pregnant with her husband and marion also performs some spells at certain points in the book For example, when Magda begs to be allowed to go away with um, little John and Robin on one of their wild adventures, and it's like her first leaving the clearing, um, Marion cuts her hair so that she looks like a boy and will hopefully be able to pass undetected on the road. And then she takes um, a pinch of the hair that's been cut off, mixes it with salt and then sprinkles it in a circle above the fire and chants water earth air and fire right keep my girl safe both day and night which is like a a simple little folk spell Um, so you can see those kind of practices creeping in they also have feasts that echo the wheel of the year they actually celebrate Samhain, Beltane and Yule they also do a dance with a deer skull um, come the summer to say thank you essentially to the forest and to all the animals that they've killed over the winter to stay alive and every may marion in her guise as the green lady dances with robin his guys as the green man because of her position as the forest wife they can never be married and so it's like their one time of the year when they get to basically be a couple and that kind of echoes the seasonal cycle of the wheel of the year and the coupling of the god and goddess So that's all very interesting. And I quite like that. Uh, There's quite a lot of action in the book. The chapters are quite short. And especially in the first book, each one kind of reads like its own individual story. Characters show up, situations arrive and they are dealt with within that chapter. And although those characters will show up again at other points in the book, their kind of introductory story is always dealt with in like one chapter. You'll get introduced to some nuns who are recurring characters, the Charcoal Burner's daughter, who is Magda's mother later on in the books. There's also quite a lot of action. Uh, various people at different times are kidnapped or arrested, um, set to be hanged. Uh, there's a quite a, a thrilling installment where some women are bricked up in their house and left to starve to death. So some of the good folk from the Forest Wife's Clearing break in with food and then wall themselves up inside as if withstanding a siege and throughout it all there's this undercurrent of the people kind of waiting for the king to come back and do something at first they're waiting for king richard and then they're waiting for king john to do something good or for barons to stand up to him and try and stand up for their rights as common people and they're continually kind of thwarted and disappointed by the politicians who use them for their own gains and then cast them aside when they have what they want and i think that's quite relevant to a lot of people today and therefore will probably make this book resonate with you if you're planning to read it nowadays in terms of actual witchiness payoff it's quite a gentle theme running through the book um, the threads are definitely there to pick up on if you're reading it and you obviously practiced Wicca or any other like nature based path, you'll probably find things in there that speak to you. But the majority of the book is definitely focused on that Robin Hood myth and on, you know, robbing from the rich and giving to the poor and all the survival things that go into living that life on the edge of lawlessness which is quite a a thrilling tale in and of itself. What I found quite interesting was at the back there's like a, a bit written by the author about basically what inspired her to write the book And she says, a very different aspect came into question. In 1846, Thomas Wright put forward a theory that there was never a real Robin Hood, but that the stories represented a pre-Christian nature spirit and the human desire to be one with nature. Some writers have seen Robin Hood as a representation of the green man, an archetypal figure depicted in ancient carvings with the face surrounded by leaves and vegetation. Ancient green woman carvings do exist, and they seem to me to be the female equivalent of this ancient archetype. I discovered that others were thinking along the same lines. And then she mentions another book that you can read. Though I saw Marion and Robert very much as real people, I felt that this theme could add something of a magical atmosphere to the story. I quite like that. I am um, like it's quite nice to know that someone writing a book that has so many like pagan things in it was actually inspired by something. Uh, pagan that they turned up in their research I never previously heard of there being like a green woman carvings it's always been like the green man that you hear about so that's definitely something that I'm going to look into and find out more about now Teresa Tomlinson who's the author of the Forest Wife trilogy has written several other books this one is for like I would say young adults maybe older young adults if that makes any sense whatsoever sort of like the 15 year old mark but she has written Various other books uh, that all seem to have kind of a historical woman centric bent, like Troy and the Women Warriors, and uh, there's some other things about um, um, sort of Saxon age history and mythology and things like that, which is quite exciting. So I might give those a read, although they don't seem to have the same kind of pagan leanings as this book. This I will always hold close to my heart. It's something that I really enjoyed reading when I was a teenager. I did think of it when I started doing the podcast. It's taken me a really long time to be bothered to buy a copy and then reread it. But once I did reread it, I got through it in about two days because it's so exciting. And the chapters are really nicely paced and you can just kind of keep flipping and reading and not really realise that you've read like half the book. I just want to end the review by reading you a little section from when Mary and Agnes originally arrive at the Forest Wife Clearing. Um, Agnes is actually probably my favourite character, maybe on par with Marion, because she's kind of stern, but very practical and very direct, which I really like. Marion is a little bit more emotional and headstrong, but I also like that as well. So I think they're tied, in my opinion. It's my favourite character. So here is an extract from page 40. As they wandered back through the forest, there was much on Mary's mind, much that she wished to ask, but it was difficult to know where to start. Well, it seems that thou's taken Selina's place, she began. Agnes nodded, but she looked tired and sad. You knew her, didn't you? Aye, I knew Selina. She helped me once long ago. There's a great deal that you do not know about your old nurse, my lovey, and I shall tell it, but all in good time. It seemed that Mary would have to be satisfied with that for the moment, so she turned to more practical matters. Why did you take their beans, yet leave them with a goat? How do you know you'll ever see the beast again? I took the beans in payment, which is only right. They have their pride. I left the goat for they need the milk, and it shows we have faith in them. We've taken upon ourselves a task that I do not think you rightly understand. Not yet. What do you mean? Agnes fingered the fine woven girdle of the forest wife. It was a beautiful thing. Not like a wealthy lady's ornament, but intricately woven and rich with the forest dyes of madder, blackberry, sorrel, and marigold. It was edged with finely plaited leather and fastened with a heavy metal clasp. She sighed. It is an ancient and sacred pact, an agreement between the forest folk. It will bring us safety, for none will know or even ask our names. The forest wife may keep her mysteries. They will protect us. There is our part of the bargain to be kept. Always to be there. Always to answer to those in need. It will be our refuge, but, believe me, it will be hard work. Do you mean that there was another forest wife before Selina? That there's always a forest wife? Look beyond Selina's man, said Agnes, then count up the humps in the ground. But I've always feared the forest wife. They called her evil and fearsome, Agnes laughed. An evil reputation has its uses. It keeps away unwelcome visitors, and those who dare to come are desperate. Mary remembered how poor Tom's knees had knocked when he first spoke up to the forest wife. She wandered on in silence, thinking it all out. At last she turned back to Agnes, grinning wickedly. So you are the forest wife, Agnes, and you can do the job, for I have always known you were a witch. But who am I? What part am I to play? Agnes looked thoughtful. That I don't know yet, my lovey, but you are most important of that, I am sure. I was not ready to leave Holt Manor, but you were. The time was right. You chose it, not me. I'm quite sure there is a purpose that we cannot understand, the purpose that brought us to these woods. I hope I've convinced you to find a copy of The Forest Wife and give it a go. I can promise you if you like magical realism, if you like historical novels with a twinge of witchcraft and magic in them, you will not be disappointed. And if you like quick and easy dramatic reads with a lot of action and female power, you get that as well. If you do end up buying a copy, let me know what you think of it. You can drop me a line on Twitter, which is at witchfix, or by email, which is witchfixpodcast at gmail.com. And in the meantime, I'll see you in the next episode. Bye.